Okay, uh, all right. Okay. Is it okay? I think so. It looks like it. Yep. I, I, I don't like this thing uh, on the We bottom. never do. Like Why is it there? Because the you have uh, me highlighted. So it's just, that's my audio specifically. I didn't do shit, Eric, did it? Okay, well then don't look at it. I'm not. Well, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Things are testy. Oh my God, what if our live show was like one of those big dramatic <clears throat> like reunions and one of us will throw something at the other and storm out screaming? What if it was? What if we did? What if we did, listener? How would you feel about that? They, pro- they probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> that's the whole show. First of all, we it's scheduled to start at 8. We don't start until 8.10. <laughs> then we come out and we have a fight. One of us throws a drink and then that's the end of the show. And then we storm out because we refuse to go, we refuse to go any further. And then we're like, yeah, aren't you glad you didn't pay more than... That's why it was a know, $5, $5 suggested right, a suggested donation. donation. <laughs> Girl. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead, Dead Time, Time Stories, a weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? Because it's our show and, and not, not yours. yours. Did you need to cough or something? No, I just realized I had a prop to go along with what I'm talking about this week, and I left it downstairs in my purse. Do you need to go get it? No, I can can show it to you after. Are you sure? No, I'm going to go get it. Go get it. I just really know that you're going to get a kick out of it, and I got a kick, and it just... Are you able to hide it when you come up, or should I be prepared to close my eyes or something? Okay. Welcome back. I'm glad I remembered before we fully got into it. Because then I would have been mad because I would have not gone downstairs. All right. Hi, everybody. Well, welcome back. I'm not out of breath. That's going to give you a second. I'm good. Normally at this point in the show, we would tell you that if you've never listened before, you should stop and go back. But before we do Hold that. On. we have. I was just going. I was bantering. Hold on. Don't stop oh, the oh, episode. Okay. Well, hold on. <laughs> what I was going to say is <laughs> we have a live recording coming up of our 200th episode. That's right. We finally have the Dead Time Stories alive, alive. at last. Our show is going to be. This upcoming Wednesday, I can't believe it. I, I'm not ready. Are you ready? <sighs> not yet. February the 23rd at Frankie Bradley's here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
The doors are at 7. The show is going to start at 8 o'clock. 8 10. Tickets are. <laughs> don't tell them because we want them to get. No, you need you to get there. You need to be there by 8 o'clock. Honestly, the show is going to start at 7.45. So you need to be there. Uh, it's going to be a great time. There's going to be random merch and people that you have heard and love from our podcast. Mm-hmm. And I just really want to push also that we have a suggested donation price of $5. And what that means is it's really pay what you can. We mm-hmm. don't want anybody to be turned away because they can't afford a ticket. If you can pay five dollars if you can pay more than five dollars that's awesome we would love that but But we don't want money to be the reason that you can't make it to this show so if you are able to come to philadelphia to get to frankie bradley's it is going to be 21 and up because the show is at a bar so i want to make sure that i put that out there yes you have to be 21 and up but otherwise like tickets super cheap please just show up we want to see you there we want to have a good time with you Yes, please put your butt in a seat and uh, come on this adventure with us while we do something brand new that we've never done before. I'm so excited. Which is a live show. There will will be tears, there will be drinks thrown, and there will be a test. And then that show, we are going to have a live stream available as well. So even if you are not in Philadelphia, if you can look up what the time zone is for where you are, again, it's going to be 8 o'clock p.m. That is Eastern Standard Time here in the United States. So if you live not on the east coast or if you live we have some amazing amazing listeners that live in the uk if you want to listen make sure that you just check out what the time zone difference is going to be it'll probably be significantly late at night for you but otherwise we will have the recording available in place of what will be our 200th episode which is just in a few weeks so even though the recording is this upcoming week it won't be posted as far as like the podcast goes for a few more weeks Mm -hmm. yep yep there won't be any change to your regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. That'll still happen. But we're also going to do some shit in person, so come out and see us. Yeah. And I uh, I told you, I also just got booked for a show the day before. If you're curious, Polly Wanda Cracker will be if a part. If you're already in Philadelphia for our show. For our show. Uh, <laughs> Polly Wanda Cracker will be performing as part of Avery Good Show, hosted by Avery Goodname, my drag sister, very good Judy. And... Uh, Avery Goodname was a big supporter of Polly in mm-hmm. season two of Snatcherella. She um, did backup dancing for me a little bit. She helped me choreograph a couple of numbers. And she is now competing in season three of Snatcherella. Yay. So I'm super excited. And yeah, so if you want to come out to that on the 22nd, that's at the Painted Mug here in Philadelphia. That's in South Philly. But the 23rd, you absolutely need to be at Frankie Bradley's. Because we'll be there and we want to see you. Other than that, if this is your first time listening to the show. Okay, now stop. Stop. Go, go back, back to the beginning. Start at episode one, grumble through in my mouth a little bit. And honestly, for all of our other listeners, you only have one week. Stop. Go back to the beginning. There will be a test. Yeah. And I mean, you know, play it in your sleep. Like, keep the show going. I know you're like, I have a job. Well, I'm like, okay, your job put it is on catching pause. up for the podcast so, live show this Wednesday. Honestly, get it together, people. All right. What are your priorities? Make they better it this be the show. And giving us a five-star <laughs> review. <laughs> yeah i guess that's our ba- that's our it. banter is just telling everybody they have to come to the live show yeah now. that's all that we have right now so that's, yeah that's it come to so the live show know. please i hope to see you there i'm so excited you guys it's gonna be so much fun i know can't wait that's it yay well are, do, are we just are going we going into it? i mean do you have other banter that you want to talk about um i do have news okay i have news charlie and i have recently extended our family 
Yes, and we have, you have adopted a dog. Yes. So we just recently got ourselves a new little baby boy. He's a little Boston Terrier. I love it. And his name is Larry. I can't wait to be friends with him. He's precious. He's a little skittish. Sure. But he is he is a goober and he is thick. He is a tank. He's a thick boy. He's like twenty five pounds. How are him and Bird doing? Fine. Fine. Love yep, it. Totally fine. Bird, you know, she'll pitch a fit a little bit and swipe at him and he just pays her no mind good for him so they're good they're really really good so we have a new baby in the family did you say his name yet larry Larry. i mean i know his name but i was like did you say his name to the listeners it's larry yeah he came to us as a bob and we were like no you're not a bob that's so funny i when i got xander at the shelter xander at the shelter was named larry and i was like you are not not a Larry." larry right my baby is a Larry. I love that when he's you a meet Larry. him. You're gonna be wait. like, he's a Larry. Oh, I'm so excited! Congratulations Thank you. on your family addition. Thank you. It's been fun. It's been an adjustment. Little boy, little boy, little baby boy. You got little baby Ting Ting. <laughs> they say that he's like three or four, but I feel like he's a baby because <laughs> he also squats when he pees. He doesn't lift his mm. leg or mark his territory. I like, are you a baby? I had a dog who did that well into his adulthood, but he also had really short legs. So I kind of noticed when he would try to do a little kickstand, he, he would he would balance. wobble. Yeah, Aww. so he squatted to pee for the majority of his life. It was for the ease. It was for right for him. It was more about yeah, I don't want to topple over. I'm too low to the ground. I think for Larry, it's just laziness. Yeah, sure. We're finding out that he's lazy. Lazy he's Larry. Very lazy. Oh. Lazy Larry. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to be friends with him. He's going to be good. And I don't think that he's going to do you dirty like Snoopy did. Snoopy. I really don't think he's going Y'all, to. Y'all, Snoopy did me real dirty. Snoopy did you. So he really tested the friendship. He and did. he lost that test. He uh, he, he lost he it. He lost the test. He lost. He did. He, he tested me, but he is the one who failed. He came out the loser on the end of that. That relationship I'm sure never I, I believe I've talked about it in another episode. We've so definitely talked about this. So if you've done your research, this. I won't talk about it right now because you will have heard it anyway about the time that he uh, should that be a question on our quiz? Ooh. What did Snoopy do to r- change him to and ruin the friendship. friendship forever? Do we need to get them buzzers? Ooh. Is it like you buzz in first and like, uh, this is the answer. Maybe we should. Does Mary Angel have buzzers? You know what? I wouldn't I be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked to find out that she does. <laughs> Even if just from, uh, I don't know if we had them for puberty to get for puberty. Yeah. Reason. But we See, can ask. big things, y'all. We're figuring it out right here on the fly, too. So you got to come out and see the show. You got to see it. But yeah, that's my big news is about the new baby. And then this weekend, it's not going to be on the podcast, but we'll talk about it later. Sarah and I are making candles. Yeah, we are. I'm so excited. We do other fun things, too. That's right. We're doing something totally unrelated to the podcast. We're just going to hang candles, out and make some scented candles. Eat some dominoes. And eat dominoes. He's, I'm so excited. That's what we always do. It's going to be a really good time. Can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. All right. Well, that's what we're up to this week <laughs> and next week. But yeah. So come to our live show because we're really interesting people. There's going to be some merch from Christina. She's going to have all kinds of stickers and decals that she's going to make. We're going to have, um, you know, your favorites that <laughs> I was gonna say, Charlie we and Val. that they're everybody's favorite. But I was They're like, Charlie's favorite. never been on the show. He hasn't. Bless his little baby heart. That's okay. But you guys are going to see Charlie and Val looking mm-hmm. dapper. Yeah. We just bring everything back to the live show. I love it. It's going to be good. We're like banter, banter. Wait. Just kidding. Live show. I'm so excited. And I cannot wait to see you all there. And, and that's it. I just, want, I just want everybody to be there. You know who's not going to be there, but he'll be there in spirit. Hey, Leslie? Leslie. 
was hey, hoping you would pick up on I that did. segue. I, you did. I, like, I was like, looked uh, her in the eyes. I was, I was like, like Sawyer? maybe. I don't know. Seesaw. Oh, seesaw. Right. That's a good one. All right. No, didn't work. All right. Moving on. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, hey Leslie. Leslie. Y'all, Y'all ready, ready to, to talk, talk about, about some ghosts? ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? All right, Sarah, what I'm is so it? Excited. What is okay. it? Right. Tell okay. me. Okay, okay, okay. So I literally, since I walked into Mary Angela's house to record today, I have been like so excited for my topic. And it's because it's something that I experienced and learned about today. And so I'm trying to think of the best way to start this. We went to the Poconos this weekend with Mary Angela and Eric. I love, and yeah, you learned about it today. It's like, y'all, it's three o'clock. Like, yes. <laughs> this happened to her. I guess technically I originally learned about it yesterday, okay. but then we went and did like a tour today. Okay. So we went to the Poconos in Pennsylvania and we were just looking at antique stores to go sure. antiquing. Yesterday was our snow tubing day, but we weren't doing that till later. So we're like, what can we do? Let's go to the antique store. And I was like, you know what? Last time Charlie and I were here, there was this candle store that looked really interesting, but we didn't go. And so I Googled it. Uh-huh. And it's called the Candle Shop Shoppy. Because it's P-P-E. Two P's and an E. Yep. So the Candle Shoppy, candle shoppy. of the Poconos. Now I'm just going to read you. The about page, like when you go to their website, this is, you know, immediately what it goes to. All right. So this is their, their page. You scroll down and it says about us. Okay. Welcome to the candle shoppy of the Poconos. Your one-stop shop for candles and gifts. We offer the strongest double-scented candles around with over 300 plus scents of candles. We are sure you'll find your favorite scent. You would have loved it. It was candles everywhere. (laughs) can't wait to make candles this weekend (laughs) oh my god located in the heart of the pocono mountains in pennsylvania the candle shoppy of the poconos is the most unique shoppy you will ever visit (laughs) (laughs) it's how you know how it's spelled from jar candles that are made on the property to once housing a biological research laboratory, the candle shoppy of the Poconos will amaze you in every way. I love that. It just glazes over that. <laughs> so I'm sure we're going to hear more about Isn't that. Isn't this amazing, right? Sure. Owner and candle expert Linda Schleier has been in the candle business since she was 10 years old. End of that about us paragraph. Okay. Then you scroll down and it says the haunted. Love it. Yeah, I have to say, I did notice. Did you see our, oh. You had posted this Instagram story that was like, ooh, taking this like haunted, a haunted candle shop tour or whatever. And then you didn't post anything. Nope. And I was kind of mad. I was kind of <laughs> mad. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to hear what, so what happened. It's be, yeah. Number one, it's because at first I didn't. So this is me just scrolling through the website. And I'm going to get back to the website in a second. Sure. But I scrolled through and I I looked at Mary Angela. And I was like, Mary Angela, we have to go. We have to go. And she's like, I don't know if there'll be time, but we'll see. So we got down to the antique like, store. No, you don't understand. And we have to. We had time. So we stopped by. And as soon as we drove up, we saw the outside, which you saw in that video. <laughs> yeah. But the front half is a regular house, cute house. And then you go to the side and it's like Castle Grayskull. Like it's. <laughs> it is. It looks like the, the manifestation of a spirit Halloween store on the outside. Like if they wanted to like. 
if Spirit Halloween just Store didn't wait. just like pop have poppins, you know what I mean? If they had their own place, this is this what is it would it. look like. This yeah. is what it would look like. This is what it would look like, but if it had already been sitting there for like 30 years. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. So it's, yeah, it's this big, you know, facade that's this huge like castle with skeletons on it, a big skull on the side. There's this huge King Kong that's just all sort of rotting, like hanging off the side of it. Sure. And it's called The Haunted. And then it says, enter Haunted History Tours Monkey Research Center. I saw, yeah, I saw Monkey Research. Yes. So let's go back to the website. This is right in our backyard. This is this comes from the same land, everyone, that brought us Country Junction. So why are we really surprised? Right. Come tour The Haunted at the can and it's just called The Haunted. The That's haunted. all it's called. I yeah, it it's like- interesting. Mm-hmm. The Haunted at the candle shoppy of the Poconos. <laughs> <laughs> As seen on Animal Planets, The Haunted. So there is an episode on Animal Planet, and I will be watching it. I have not watched it before recording because I came straight from the Poconos to come here to tell you about this. <laughs> I came straight here I came straight to tell here. you about The Haunted. Shoppy. Shoppy in the Poconos. So I will be uh, watching their episode. I told Charlie we're watching it tonight, and I will report back. What Now, what's the name of the show? The show is called, let me scroll down because I've got a link. The show is called Animal Planet, colon, The Haunted. Their episode is called Deadly Experiments. Okay. Season one, episode two. So they're very early on. Wow. All right. I know. They were like, we got to go there. They're like, we're they were, on they this. They were in the top on the list. Come tour The Haunted at the Candle Shoppy in the Poconos, as seen on Animal Planet's The Haunted. Many have captured images of the doctor in photographs, have felt the monkey's fur brush against their ankles, have had their hair pulled, and have even heard the screams of the monkeys on the property of the candle shoppy to this day. I hate it every time you say it. The shoppy. (laughs) Call for tour hours as they change each season. Naturally. The candle shop. B. B. Of, the Pocon- <laughs> of the Poconos is located inside a beautiful building, which was built in 1897. The original owner, Dr. William Redwood Fisher, lived in this home. <laughs> Dr. William Redwood Shoppy. <laughs> Fisher Shoppy. Uh, lived in this home with his family, and he also used it as his workplace. Now, of course, the name Fisher, I saw the popcorn, and I had already asked her something about the popcorn. And then I saw you when you came in, you saw the Fisher's popcorn and you were like, is that named after the guy? That's because I didn't realize that when we were there. And I'm like, that's interesting. So Dr. Fisher had a biological research laboratory in the basement of his house. Oh, God. Here he performed research on primates, which allowed for the creation of the smallpox and yellow fever vaccines. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I shit you not. Just in the basement of the, the candle shop. In shoppy. the basement of the candle shoppy. Well, it was just their house. It was at their house. Time. At the time, it was not the in the Poconos. Shop. Sure. Sure. When you come tour the haunted, you will get the full history of the home and the research which went on in the basement of the candle shoppy. You will get to see. <laughs> you will get to see firsthand the original monkey cages, which are still standing in the basement of the building, as well as many other original doctor's equipment and documents. Damn. That's all that's on the website. All right? Okay. So we did the tour today. Okay. We did the tour at 11 a.m. Yes, you did. So it is absolutely 100% true. 
one of the doctors who helped create the smallpox and yellow fever vaccine created that vaccine in this monkey basement under the candle shoppy in the Poconos. 100%. Now, when did it become a candle shoppy? The candle shoppy was when she built, when the woman bought it, because, you know, she's been making candles since she was 10. Right. She bought it, I want to say, in early 2000s. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, Dr. William, this is information I found out in the tour. Sure. Now, I wasn't able to, like, take notes on the tour. And I you was wondering. <laughs> you also were not allowed to take pictures sure. or videos. Of course. Uh, but Mary Angela put her voice memo on her of phone. Of course she did. Get the it. fuck out. So if I go through that and find any good clips <laughs> of that, I will include it in the episode. Sure. Girl, I am so excited. Can I, I have been so excited about this from start to finish. William Redwood Fisher, he built the home for him and his four children. Okay. Uh, at the time that they built the home, it was the three children, a son and two daughters, him and his wife. They built the house. And they had an infant son who unfortunately died before they were even a year old of in the home. Dogs? No, I oh, think okay. just it was hard to keep babies alive back sure. then. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Um, it still is, I think. We would know what to do. We've do they drink this. water? We've about this. <laughs> so they and when lost was this again with, with Dr. Candle Shoppy? He built the house for his family in eighteen ninety seven. He did the research on the primates from nineteen oh one to nineteen oh eight. Okay. So seven years he had them in the house of like four years after he moved in. The baby died in the house. Then their older son, a few years later, went out to the back, fell into the creek and drowned mm. and fell into the swamp. They blamed that on the caretaker. So they had a caretaker in the home. Now, I remember the caretaker when I get to the actual tour that we took. This is sure. just the basic history of the house. So they lost the one son. Then they lost the other son to him wandering outside without someone watching him, and he drowned. Mm. His wife also died in the house. Fell into the swamp. Fell into the swamp. No, she died in. They have a room. They have the room sort of decorated somewhat by theme. So they have a room upstairs called the Halloween room, and it's just got all the Halloween. That's the room that everybody died in. The infant died in that room. The wife died in that room. And Dr. Fisher died in that room. Okay. So everyone. Well. Except for the two daughters died in that house from this family. Okay. Shit. So, hence, there's some ghosts. The haunted. And we didn't even talk about all the monkeys that died on the we property. We didn't. And I imagine there were so many. There were a lot. So, Dr. Fisher did have a full, and I'll show you a picture. They have a picture of his original lab, what it looked like before he moved out and, or not moved out, but before the family sold the home sure. and like, I think he ended up and taking apart the, basement. the lab. Well, they just took, took things apart. So he'd had the whole floor like tiled and the walls were clean and everything. And it was definitely a lab set up. And then as you go down there now, they're like, it's all just basic concrete floors sure. and where like monkey cages are, it's all dirt floor. So they, you know, tore all that stuff out. But they said he had at one time, like, Almost 200 monkeys down there. Now, they were spider monkeys, so they're smaller. Sure, but God, that's a lot. But he had all those monkeys down there. Now, when the monkeys died, they just threw them on the property. So I asked her this because I 
was Googling about this place sure. last night and it said the monkeys were buried on the property. And so I asked our tour guide, I was like, okay, so all the monkeys that died, those were also buried on the property. And she said, well, oh, God. they, <laughs> <laughs> it starts with, well, well, they were supposed to be buried, but nine times out of 10, the caretaker who also didn't do a good job with the kid would just throw them in a bag and throw them in the Creek and just throw them out back. What? Oh, so that's all the history in the house. So you got a lot of monkeys that died and then all the people who own the house died. Mm -hmm. Now, she also told us on this tour that so he wasn't working for whatever reason. When I heard this story, I was like, oh, my God, this is a crazy doctor doing all these experiments of his own accord in his basement with monkeys. No, he was being sponsored by the Federal Drug Administration. Like, the government was paying for him to do these experiments. They were sending him food. Of course. They were sending him monkey food. But at one point, uh, they weren't sending enough monkey food. So the monkeys started eating each other. Poor monkeys. And he was trying to send more monkey food. Like, send me more monkey food. And they're like, that should be enough monkey food. And the monkeys are like, it's not enough monkey food. Oh, jeez. At one point in the tour, that story came up because they've got one of the original feed bags, like, framed on the wall. Poor monkeys. Crazy. So, I think that's everything that I need to cover in the history. The only other point to cover in the history will take us sort of into the ghosts. And the number one ghost that people say to see there is that of Dr. Fisher. Dr. William Fisher is still in the house. And the reason why he's still in the house is because he was working with another doctor. Dr. I'm going to look it up to make sure I say it right. But I want to say it's Slee, S-L-E-E. There we go. Richard Slee. Yep, that's right. Uh, Him and Dr. Richard Slee, they formed the Pocono Biological Laboratories in 1901, which is when all of these things started, these experiments. So then when he came up with the vaccine, apparently Dr. Slee took it and was like, look what I made. Look at this thing that I made. And he took all of the credit for it. Dr. Slee. And that's why William is still around because he's like, I made this. Sure. That and they're digging around in his monkey cages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get into this tour. It was just the four of us. We walk in. And it is like the the inside of a Spirit Halloween store if Spirit got to do what Spirit Halloween store really wanted to do. It was such a weird mixture of actual historical artifacts and actual historical things and then a big Halloween dummy for sh- pure like shock value <laughs> on the other side of the wall. At the end of the tour, our tour guide, because I mentioned, like, I have a podcast. I'm going home and talking about this immediately. She's like, oh, well, do you want to take some pictures? And I said, can I? Yeah. She's like, yeah. She's like, just don't do any video, but, like, you can do pictures. I was like, oh, my God. I would love to. So I'll show you some pictures at the end. I got a picture of the monkey cage. I got a picture of – I will walk through it. You guys can tell I've just been excited. I don't have my my timeline or my frame of how to tell the story. We walk in, the girl closes the door, she starts to give us the lowdown. This home was built in 1897, Dr. Fisher was a a lab person. Meanwhile, behind her is a plexiglass display of just a whole bunch of monkeys. 
just like a whole bunch of spider monkey figurines and then like a big gorilla figurine. Then you look across and you've got another plexiglass display and it's just got like a scary like zombie figurine. Mm -hmm. And then you look at another glass plexiglass display and it's got a really old whiskey distillery machine in there because Dr. William also distilled his own liquor on the property. Sure. Actual historical thing. Then next to that, in another plexiglass, you know, box, on the top it says, the scare taker. Because you remember how the caretaker didn't take care of the kid. Sure, sure, sure. So they call him the scare taker. And it's just, it's from, I swear to God, Spirit Halloween. Life-size, like, creepy guy holding a lantern with, like, a top hat and long hair standing there and they're like that's the scare taker and it's because the caretaker didn't watch after the kid this is just the first room and also through the monkeys in the creek (laughs) the caretaker which she didn't i had to ask her about that she didn't give up that information willingly so (laughs) next they don't just tell people that next we turn a corner and it, I assume, is supposed to be one of those tunnels that you see at a fun house that spins and okay. makes you sort of lose your balance. Sure, sure, yeah. But it's not spinning. And she says, this tunnel is built to represent the tunnel that connected this building to the main lab building. And I was like, sure. okay, so that tunnel's not here anymore? She's like, no, we can't find it anywhere, but we know it existed. What? And I was like, okay. So we just walk through this, you know, very cheesy Ripley's Believe It or Not tunnel to get to the next room. In the next room, we have this creepy figurine. And I say figurine, it's just a bust, like just a head of a woman with then a wedding dress, like taped to it. And as you walk up, you hear a voiceover of an actress saying, my name is Elizabeth Fisher. My husband built this home for me and my four children. And she just sort of talks about it. You're like, okay, cute. She is not known to be an entity in the house. She died in the house. There are no reports that say that she's probably still around at all. And I wish, I'll just have to show you the pictures, but I wish I could really articulate and put into words just how odd the in-between of having all these weird, kitschy, haunted house decorations mixed in with like, and then here's some old school medical equipment that we unearthed from the ground when we did redid the floors here. And here in these two boxes sitting in a chair, we walk up to one and it's called, oh, I forgot what, what the name was on the box, but it's got a scary old lady figurine with like her mouth open screaming And the guide goes, this represents Dr. Fisher's mother. She's known as the scary lady in the box. No further details? No further details. Oh, my God. What box? I I think it's literally just referring to that figurine. I don't (laughs) think it has anything to do with Dr. Fisher's actual mother. I think that they just put this because then behind her is another one. And that one is rocking back and forth. So the other thing is there are all of these weird gags that are supposed to be moving to like scare you, but half of them aren't working. And she goes, yeah, when it gets really cold, like they just, some of them don't work. (laughs) And I, I found that out because we went through one room where it had a plexiglass, like, you know, display and it said the banging door and it just had a door. 
And I was like, it wasn't banging. It wasn't banging. And I think it was supposed to be banging. And I said, what's up? I saw the banging door. Like, what's what is that a significance of? Is that like some paranormal occurrence that happens? And that's when the guy goes. So. People really think when they come here that it's like a haunted house, when in reality, it's an actual haunting that we're trying to tell you about with the history. But they really kind of tried to lean into this haunted house thing for the people. So that's where we are. And I was like, interesting. So normal like people like- didn't find it interesting enough to want to do these tours. So they're like, let's throw it. Give them the old razzle dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll bring the people in. Then we'll tell them the real story of there were monkeys in cages down here. And that's how you got your smallpox vaccine. That's not interesting enough. We need to have a banging door and we need to have a rocking grandma in a box <laughs> with no context. What? You've got to go, Stephanie. It's up in the Poconos. You've got to go. So then we go to the next room. <laughs> and the next room has the monkey cages. Uh, and it's got a another area that has an old uh, medicine cabinet and a whole bunch of old like vials and things, medical equipment from the 1800s fascinating a picture of dr william redwood and then it's got a coffin no significance with (laughs) one scary figurine sitting on it and then another figurine of yoda and then a skeleton in the coffin (laughs) (laughs) what no reason and then you see the monkey cage I want to show you a picture of the monkey cage as I'm telling you about the monkey cage. So this is real historical original cage holding monkeys. And in the seven years, apparently only five ever escaped. Only five monkeys like got out. Poor monkeys. Which was surprising because it doesn't look like it would really Really hold hold the monkey cages. What's so funny about the monkey cages is on top of them you know, it just being there, they decided it would be a good idea to fill the monkey cage. And when I say fill, I mean fill with life-size mannequins, figurines of zombies. What? Like when I say filled, filled with man with zombie mannequins. <laughs> like, but that's where the monkeys were kept. Right, and it's like original monkey cages, and then there's just zombies just in there. Just zombies in there smallpox testing area yep and they have the like soundscape of monkey scream sort of playing in the background as you're walking through are you scrolling through all of them isn't this ridiculous it's fascinating so then you walk through after the monkey cages and you get to an area that's another bust and it's a man's head and that then the voiceover pops up and it goes i'm dr william fisher You'll see here, this is my laboratory. And you might notice over in the other wall that there's a hole in the wall. That was for the guillotine, is what he said. What? So there's a hole in the wall. Let me find the picture, because you might not be able to tell what it is. He had a little monkey. I see the hole, yeah. The hole in the wall. So what he would do is he'd put the little monkey's heads through that hole in the wall, and he'd cut their heads off. Two, this is what the guy told me. So the... They would inject it with the vaccine, smallpox vaccine, give them a few days, cut their heads off, drain the body of blood, and then take some of the 
spinal cord fluid and then test that to see if the vaccine was working. I don't really know. But he had the little guillotine hole in the wall. But then you see in there, they've then got an operating table Mm -hmm. with like a big gorilla. And then standing over it is a big zombie doctor with like a bloody face mask on. But in the back corner, that white medicine cabinet, that's an original medicine cabinet from the 1800s that was in the basement. (laughs) There's just so much going on. I know. (laughs) And I get that, like, it's weird because it's almost like, like we wanted to lean in and, and let people know about like the horrible things that happened here when he tested on the monkeys. But the way that they went about it is like, it's so, it's so kitschy. Right. And like, it's so, so wrong. Touristy. It doesn't match at all. No, it is so silly. And that's the other yeah, feedback. Because, yeah, there's a weird mixture of actual historical things and then your weird spirit Halloween decorations and your like jump out at you jump scares and things like that, which is just interesting. Now, on to the ghosts, because apparently in the home, it's the sure. basement yeah, that's haunted. And the attic that's haunted. All right. And our tour guide is, she was, and her name was Bobby Joe, and she was very nice. And we were her second tour she'd only ever done. And she was sold. She was sold. She says that she has heard Dr. Fisher say hey to her. So then she went to his gravesite so that she could, you know, talk to him and be like, don't you do need that to again. Stop. Right. Please don't do that again to me. She was telling us that. And the- I assume his gravesite is on the grounds. It's not on the grounds, but it's over by the lab. So okay. if you look from the door of the haunted entrance, you look down the hill and you'll see it's now Sanofi Laboratories, which okay. is another research medical research facility. I think he's buried somewhere over there. Okay. She was telling us she's experienced hearing someone say, hey, she's heard the monkeys. A lot of people just hear the monkeys like running around. Oh, God. They just hear like, D-d-d-d. she said it almost sounds like, cats like running by you but it's the monkeys she said she's dealt with the lights flickering like some kid is like fucking with the lights flicking them on and off and on and off and that's what she's experienced she was telling us that the tour guide before her had been doing it for years that tour guide had the same birthday as dr fisher and that tour guide loved monkeys and she really thought that like the monkeys would come to her Our tour guide told us this story. So this past tour guide apparently died in January of this year. Not long after she died was when they had that weird accident where the monkeys got out up like on the highway near the Poconos. Mm. She said she was sitting in her office talking to her coworker about the tour guide and said, you know what? She came back for her monkeys. She came back to get her monkeys. And she said as soon as she got done telling that guy that, they both went to walk to their respective desks and the license plates on the wall in between them all just fell to the floor. That's what she's experienced. People have taken pictures and apparently captured the doctor in pictures, so they say. Um, what is the other claim? Oh, yeah. Staff have had things thrown at them. Uh, obviously, the whole place is chock full of candles, head to foot, top to bottom. In the candle shoppy? In the candle shoppy, full of candles. They'll have candles thrown at them. Patrons will have their hair pulled, their hear footsteps, etc. Like I said, I'd probably have more ghost info if I had watched the Animal Planet episode. All I did was get the but tour. You just learned about it today, so there was only so much. I just time. learned about it today, and I've just taken it all in. But 
It's absolutely fascinating. And then I don't know if you saw, but the last picture on the camera roll is that I wallpaper. That was like the bathroom. That's original wallpaper from the house. Oh my god! Original. It's like creepy. It's all creepy dolls. dolls. Yeah. We'll post it on Instagram. Original. To the home See, yeah, wallpaper. I would not have guessed that. I would have thought that they were like, ooh, you know, that's a creepy wallpaper. That would be perfect here. So I can only imagine Mrs. Fisher, as she's working on designing and decorating the house, flipping through the wallpaper booklets and seeing this wallpaper and just being like, that's the one. That's the one. That's it for the bathroom. <laughs> it's perfect. Get it. That's the one. Sold. So that's the, oh, did you see? And then that's the picture of what it yes. used to look mm-hmm. like. Crazy. Yes. Now it's full of zombies. And that's the candle shoppy. That's the candle shoppy in the Poconos. It is absolutely so, such a wonderful little gem. And I love those places like Country Junction, like the other candle store that Charlie and I found in like Missouri when we were driving. I love these weird little gems just nestled away in the middle of America that are fascinating. Because again, this is real history. This guy helped create the smallpox and yellow fever vaccine. That through happened. His, through his monkey research. Through his monkey research in his basement with his kids and his wife upstairs. And they all died in that house. <laughs> and they all died in that house. And they all died house. in there. It's just, it's, it's crazy. So I was so excited to come and tell you about that. I was originally going to do like ghost stories about ghost animals since I just got Larry. But then I got... Ghost monkeys and ghost candles. And there you go. In the shop. candle shoppy. It's a ghost shoppy. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You've got to go check it out. I'm excited. I, I will like link their Instagram. I'll link them on everything. I We just had a fantastic time. And Mary Angela bought so much stuff. I love that for them. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to show you the most of best thing. It's what I ran downstairs to get. All right. So at the end of the tour, they give you, well, they say they normally only give these to kids, but they gave it to each of us. They give you this fantastic little pin that says, I survived the haunted. (laughs) And it's got a little monkey in a lab coat with two little ghosts on either side. And he's like a wacky looking Dr. Monkey. It's so He's got like crazy eyes. This is hysterical. Isn't that fantastic? I love it so much. Candle Shoppy of the Poconos, Swiftwater PA. I survived. You did survive. I survived the haunted. Thank you. you. Thank you. There's my pen. I'll cherish it forever. It's beautiful. I wouldn't even describe that as a pen. That's a big old like three inch button, y'all. It is a huge button. It's oh so good. It was so good. Look at this. Okay. I love that for you. I'll stop talking about the monkeys in the basement and the zombies and the rocking chair grandma in a box for no reason. I mean, really, though, what was she doing? She's rocking back and forth. What was she doing there? Stephanie, what are you talking about this week? So I am talking about a case called the Liquid Matthew murder case. Liquid? I know, right? Does he become a liquid? Right? That's what you're asking yourself. The Liquid Matthew murder case. A weird. So I was like, what the fuck is this? And this is kind of a short story, but I wanted to say that I got the the version of the story that I will be telling from someone who is called the Casual Criminologist mm. on YouTube. Okay. 
because his version had it's a it's a pretty short story, but his version had the most detail. Yeah, and I couldn't find a lot more that gave a lot more information than his. Uh, so I just want to put that out there, and right. you can check him out, the casual criminologist on YouTube. Love it. So the Liquid Matthew murder case. What 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 does that elicit to you when you hear that? It sounds like he got liquefied liquid, in a right? Vat of it sounds something. like he yes. got turned into liquid. Yes. I know. That's so he didn't. I'm not interested. <laughs> well, you're. I, I'm going to start talking. You're going to be like, who was? Who even was Matthew? What? <laughs> Who's liquid? So, psychopaths love a good riddle. And what better way to flaunt your intelligence to some hapless police officers than by turning your crime spree into one big mind game, right? Who's this, Bill Rothstein? Right, you're thinking Bill Rothstein, you're thinking (laughs) Son of Sam. One of the most famous examples is the Son of Sam. Mm -hmm. That killer fell victim to his own ego when the cops caught him by tracing the clues in his crime scene letters, right? So these criminals that have this... There's this hubris, I guess, where they're just like, I'm going to outsmart you and I'm going to leave yeah. all these notes. Because the crime scene is already full of clues because you killed somebody there. Yeah, idiot. Anyway, you know, I don't know. It's about the chase. Who knows? So we're looking at a lesser known crime case of a murderer toying with the police. Okay. This one went down in history, but for slightly different reasons than than you would imagine. Is it because of the liquid? Does it have something to do with the liquid? Let's just go. This case is all over the place. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to guess, so I'll just Damn tell you that it. right now. I'm going to keep trying. In 1983, cops in Miami came up against one such devious intellect when the body of a foreign national turned up in a car park. What looked like an everyday act of violence soon turned into a game of intellectual cat and mouse when a cryptic clue was found nearby. So began a mind-bending hunt for the culprit in what would become known as the Liquid Matthew murder. Two joggers were out running in Miami's Hialeah neighborhood on Sunday, December 6, 1983, when they stumbled across a man lying face down in a car park. It says car park. It's a parking lot because the casual criminal is just as British. Yeah. Uh, we say parking lot here because we have in British. The States. Just so you know, British listeners, you'll know what a car park is. But Americans, that's a parking lot. That's probably an extremely common occurrence in Florida because, you know, Florida man. Um, But judging by the state of the man, he wasn't just on the tail end of a mega bender. A closer look confirmed he was stone cold dead. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say he was stoned. (laughs) No, he's, he's dead. When the police arrived to investigate, they found that the man, a Colombian national named Patino Gutierrez. I thought you were going to say Mike. Not, not Mike and not Matthew. And not Liquid. And not liquid. His name was none of the above. No, his name was Patino Gutierrez, and he had been strangled to death. The time of the death was likely earlier that same evening, but nobody in the area had seen anything suspicious. There wasn't much immediately apparent as far as evidence was concerned either. So the cops sealed off the scene and began taking pictures of the area, but progress was stifled when a heavy thunderstorm swept across the city forcing the detectives to retire for the night until the weather cleared. Mm. The next morning, they returned for a proper sweep of the area. But rather than a murder weapon or traces of DNA, they found an even more compelling clue lifted straight out of the pages of a mystery novel. Liquid. Was it the liquid? No. I need to know where the liquid comes in. Taped to the back of a no-dumping sign... (laughs) At the edge of the parking lot, just meters from where the... Just meters, just feet 
<laughs> from where the body was found was a plastic bag. A sheet of paper was folded up inside, only slightly damp, despite the downpour. It was ne- It was a neatly typed letter featuring a cryptic clue. It had a riddle. Once you're back on the track, you'll travel at night. So prepare yourself for a terrible fright. Now the motive is clear, and the victim is too. You've got all the answers. Just follow the clues. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> and the cops were like, this is dumb, and threw it away. Well, no, they were just like, what does this even mean, right? Yeah. So it was hardly the Zodiac killer. Yeah. They were yeah. like, what is this? Is this code? What is this? Surely it wouldn't take a team of ace detectives that long to figure it out. Uh-huh. Just in case they were wasting their time on a hoax, they checked through the crime scene photographs from the night before. Sure enough, the bag was poking out from behind the sign hidden just out of sight all along. Hmm. So it wasn't brought in later. Sergeant David Miller was the one tasked with following the trail of the strange message. This was the kind of classic Agatha Christie detective stuff that dreams are made of. <laughs> a chance to go head-to-head with a villain. A real career-making case. But it wouldn't be so easy. I was like, or so he thought. Perhaps there's some key info left out in the middle of the quote, but regardless, it seems like the detective didn't have much to go on. For one, the killer suggested that the motive should be obvious, but it was really anything but. Could the letter be giving coded directions to some location in town, maybe back on track alluded to following some train tracks? Maybe the terrible fright suggested a Halloween costume store. I don't know because I'm not any good at riddles. Neither of us is the casual criminologist. I'm not good at riddles either. But (laughs) the point is Sergeant Miller was not clear what the motive was, wasn't Uh sure what the riddle was supposed to mean, but somehow he managed to crack it in under an hour. What? How then? And he followed the trail. His keen intuitions help him track down a second clue. So it led him, it was like a little riddle that led him to like another place in town. Okay. okay. Sealed in a plastic bag, just like the first one. Hmm. Who knew how many there might be strewn around the city or if the devious murderer would be waiting at the end of the line. This one was taped to the back of a speed limit sign a few minutes down the road from the murder scene. Its message was more macabre than the last one. Yes, Matthew is dead, but his body not felt. Those brains were not Matt's because his body did melt. For Billy threw Matt in some hot boiling oil to confuse the police for the mystery they did toil. What? So that's the liquid. Um, so who's Matthew, uh, and did the killer boil Matthew up in a hot boil- pot of oil before he killed Patino Gutierrez? That's what it sounds like. Perhaps the killer was boasting about another victim whose liquefied remains were waiting at the end of the trail. If so, then the dead guy in the car park might have just been killed to kickstart this sick little game. Or maybe, as the end of the clue suggests, it was all a ruse to waste police time in crucial early stages of the investigation. If so... It worked like a charm. Oh, no. Nobody uh, could quite figure out the meaning of the second riddle. The mention of boiling this poor guy in hot oil didn't directly suggest anywhere in the vicinity, somewhere with a deep fat fryer, McDonald's, who knows. After several more days of making zero headway, Sergeant Miller decided to appeal to the public for help. 
locals opened their copies of the Miami Herald to a bonus puzzle page featuring an appeal for information about the second clue. The cops were asking for anything that could either help solve the riddle or cut the bullshit and identify the writer directly. Mm -hmm. Some budding amateur detectives no doubt tried to crack the case, now popularly known as the Liquid Matthew murder, but it wasn't long before a more direct tip came in when the writer turned himself in. Huh. Okay. This crafty criminal was among those who was spotted in the riddle in the paper that day. He contacted the police, but not to taunt them with a diabolical monologue. He actually wanted to clear something important up. Around a weekend, half of, uh, excuse me, after a weekend and half after the body was first found, the Miami Riddler rang up the police tip line and identified himself. He was the leader of a local Christian youth group. So what drove this holy young man to commit such violent, senseless crime? Money, drugs, sheer bloodlust? Actually, none of that. God told him to do it. In fact, the devout young man actually didn't commit any crime at all, despite perhaps a minor bit of littering. It must have been a painfully awkward phone call. Yes, he did post the riddles there, but they had nothing to do with the murder. In fact, they had been hanging there for months before the victim ever died because every Halloween, their church youth group ran a blood and guts themed treasure hunt for the young people at four local churches. It was predicted uh, that the rain that came in October set them back for their secret yeah. scavenger hunt, and not all of the clues were collected, so some of those notes were left behind. Oh, my gosh. Sure enough, it had started bucketing down partway through, meaning that the murder mystery game and the clues had been abandoned. They never bothered going back to collect the remaining clues. And what were the odds that an actual real-life murder would occur right next to one of the clue letters? (laughs) That's some astronomically bad luck for everyone involved. Soon, another churchgoer called in to confirm the story. The detectives had been inadvertently playing a children's game rather than chasing (laughs) Solving the murder. murder. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. And it's like, imagine if they hadn't found that second clue. They wouldn't have spent so much time on it. The first clue was one thing, but then the second one, they were like, we're on on the the right track. They had liquefied some guy. Yes. So the mystery of the Miami murder Riddler was solved in a very ridiculous way possible. Now, we knew who wrote the letters, but who committed the murder? Who killed that guy? We still don't know. We don't know. I was afraid you were going to say that. Whoever strangled Francisco Patino Gutierrez to death in the parking lot was never found, not directly because of that little piece of distraction, but it probably could not have helped. The alternative avenues of inquiry revealed some actual clues about why he was killed. He worked as a sailor and recently arrived in Miami via Panama. The ship he was on got raided when it arrived at port and the cops seized 11 pounds of cocaine on board. That'll do it. Gutierrez was a suspect in the smuggling case, and his untimely end seemed to confirm the authorities' suspicions. 
drug cartels don't usually have a forget and forgive kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. So it's likely that he was assassinated in retaliation for the seized cargo. That was the official conclusion when the case was closed on December 19th of 1983. Unfortunately for Sergeant Miller, this never turned out to be his career-making case, but at least he got a good story out of it. As for the Riddle Master himself, he never got into any trouble for leaving the harmless Halloween clues around. The only repercussion was a bit of short-lived embarrassment for the church. And <laughs> for the brief time that that guy became Miami's second most famous supervillain, uh, the first most famous is Florida Man, who somehow escapes jail, <laughs> commits new crimes every day. All the time. In the, you can never catch him. In the end, the murder of Gutierrez went unsolved. Rather than finding the person responsible for his untimely death, the investigation just resulted in one of the most absurd real-life punchlines we have ever featured. On the plus side, though, at least nobody was boiled alive in oil. That we know of. That we know of. At least not a part of this case. The killer, Gutierrez's killer, saw those notes posted in the paper later, and he was like, huh, well, that's a freebie. Right? <laughs> like, Oof, well, that was light. convenient. Maybe and I'll do this more often. That's the liquid Matthew murder case. That's weird. A lot of twists and turns, There right? are, yes. No, you're right. I never would have guessed that it would have been a youth group's fault. Just goes to show. Just goes to show, man. Don't. Don't trust youth group leaders. And that's maybe leaving that's notes story, everywhere man. about liquefying people. So that's the end of our stories this week. And I want to thank you for listening and remind you next week, this coming Wednesday, February 23rd, we're going to be having our live show at Frankie Bradley's. If you're in Philadelphia, please, please, please do not miss it. Again, it is a $5 suggested donation, but it is totally pay what you can. We do not want anyone to not come because they can't afford a ticket. Correct. You just have to be over 21 because it's at a bar. Yep. But otherwise, it is open and available, and we want you to be there and have a great time, and we're looking forward to, to partying with you. We are. Do you think we – I just thought – do you think we have anyone who listens who's under 21? I don't know. But I feel like you probably shouldn't. I Maybe not I under just 18. I was like, I got to just put it out there just in case. That's true. You don't know? bring your 10-year-old. Don't bring your – you know, you can't bring your kid. I'm sorry. It's a bar. I'm not. Please don't bring your child. Yeah, I was going to put, I mean, I'm not, I was going to put it on the bar. It makes me sound nicer. But. I'll do it. I'll, don't bring your kids. No, but this it, is not a kid friendly event. This is a 21 and up only show, and that is only because of the venue. But we really hope to see you there. I'm super excited. Yes. Otherwise, you know, you can find us on you know. Instagram. You can find us in all the places. You can find us at deadtime stories with a Z.com. Email us deadtime stories at gmail.com. We have a Patreon. And of course, the best free way you can support our podcast is by giving us a five-star review on the podcast app and all the places that you listen. Yes. Thank you so much. That's it. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. See you Wednesday. I burped. Oh, no. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 